Welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat reporter for the Mercury News. I've got a great show for you today, going to hit a bunch of different things like the Hornets potentially trading up for James Wiseman, why Derek Jones Jr. is one of the hottest free agents this offseason, and then a fake trade of the day with the Bulls. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In his latest mock draft, the ringer's Kevin O'Connor has the Warnets trading up to number one to leapfrog the Warriors and take James Wiseman. He writes, rumblings around the league suggest Golden State and Charlotte covet Wiseman. To get him, the Hornets might need to leapfrog to trade up. The pieces exchanged here resemble the Celtic Sixers deal in 2017 involving Markel Fultz and Jason Tatum, but hopefully it'll work out better for Charlotte than it did for Philly. Wiseman's athleticism gives him a foundation to be a solid pro, and he has plenty of traits that could lead to stardom. Now, what's interesting about this is, yeah, there's been reports that the Warriors were really impressed with James Wiseman after they saw him in Miami. I talked about that a lot on Monday's episode, and I do think that Wiseman is in play for the number two pick. If he's there, the Warriors will seriously consider taking him. Uh, But then there's the issue of whether or not this is a smokescreen. Now, I do believe that the Warriors were impressed with their in-person visit with James Wiseman. But there could be a little gamesmanship happening here as well, because if the Timberwolves were to hold on to this number one pick, the player that makes the most sense for them is probably Anthony Edwards. And if the Warriors actually do want Anthony Edwards, and by the way, they saw Anthony Edwards too on their recent East Coast trip, and they were impressed with Anthony Edwards as well, if they were, if they, if they, what they really covet is Anthony Edwards, there might be some smoke screening happening here where they say, no way, well, we really like Wiseman, we're going to take him if he's there. You know, Charlotte, if they want him, are sort of being signaled to have to either move up or trade with Golden State in order to get Wiseman. And I want to go back now to some comments that Bob Myers made after the draft lottery. Talking about getting the number two pick, Bob Myers said that the Warriors were in a fortunate position because now they're in the driver's seat for the most part. Obviously, Minnesota is really in the driver's seat at number one. And there are reports that they don't really want the number one pick, that they would prefer a move back. And so for that reason, it makes sense that they could be a trade partner for Charlotte or another team trying to move up to number one. But right there at number two, the Warriors are very much in the driver's seat as well. I mean, they're in a lot of control of the things that they can do. And so if the idea was to trade back all along, or to at least have options available to them, then this gamesmanship makes more sense. Do I think that they would take James Wiseman at number two? I think at this point that they would. I didn't think that they would a couple of weeks ago, but things change. Their minds can change, and, they, and, and I think their impression of James Wiseman is different after the in-person visit than it was before that in-person visit. That's why those in-person visits are so important. That's why the Warriors were pushing for workouts, for the league to allow workouts all along. They knew it could make a difference, and they were impressed with Wiseman's size, his strength, and what they saw in their private workout with him. And so, yeah, he's, he's on the board now at number two. There's other guys on the board also at number two. 
But if Charlotte moves up to number one and takes James Wiseman, then that leaves Anthony Edwards there at number two. And maybe Edwards was the guy that they always wanted. Edwards, to me, makes more sense for the Warriors. He's a guy who can handle the ball, has uh, the ability to create his own shot, unlike Wiseman. More versatile defensively, at least potentially. At the point of attack, he was very bad in college, but I think he can get better if, if in the right system. I actually believe in Anthony Edwards, but that, just like Wiseman, is very much like, you know, it, it, it's, it's your own opinion, right? Do you, see what, do you see Edwards and see a guy who can get much better than he did defensively, or do you look at Wiseman at his size and uh, his speed and say, you know what, I trust him to get better defensively as well? It really is in the eye of the beholder there, but... I'm, I'm, I'm more of a believer in Edwards than I am Wiseman. And I think Edwards would be the better fit for the Warriors than Wiseman would be. And so if Charlotte, again, moves up to number one, takes Wiseman, that leaves Edwards there at number two for the Warriors. Now the other option here is that Minnesota keeps the pick, takes Anthony Edwards or LaMelo Ball, or maybe they take James, whoever they take. Maybe they take Obi Toppin. Who knows? But if James Wiseman is there at number two, now the Warriors have the option, having smoke screened or not, but the belief, like Kevin O'Connor writes, like we've reported here, the belief now is that the Warriors are into James Wiseman. And if Wiseman is there at number two and Charlotte really wants him, then the Warriors could just trade back one spot. And the Hornets, to me, have always been a logical trade partner for the Warriors. And maybe it is just moving down one spot. But it's something, and the Warriors would get something out of it. Maybe they can get a role player, maybe they can get a future pick, who knows. So this all starts to make sense. And, I, and I'm now I'm starting to think that there's going to be a trade in the top three. I, I, I'm, I'm believing the smoke where, with the Wiseman stuff. I'm, I am believing it. Uh, though I still believe that the Warriors would be open to trading down. And that could very well happen. I don't think it'll happen all the way to 8, 9, 10. That's probably too far. But still in the top half of the lottery, 6, 7, somewhere around there, I could see the Warriors trading back. And still, as long as for the right price, as long as they get the right return. Maybe it's a role player or two. Maybe it's a future draft pick. Uh, But I think that some of the guys that they want would be there still. I mean... Chicago could move up from number four if, if LaMelo Ball is still on the board at number two. There are reports now that, they, that they're, they're looking for a playmaker in this draft. So in a lot of ways, the Warriors do hold some cards here. I think that they would be happy taking a player at number two. Uh, I think that they would be happy moving back, but not so, no, not so far back that they would be sacrificing the ability to find a multiple-time All-Star in this draft. Uh, Coming up, some Warriors fans have hit me up about signing Derek Jones Jr. I'll tell you why that's probably not going to happen. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar. If you're like me, when you get hungry, you can make bad decisions, but the best way to avoid blowing your diet is to be prepared. That's why I always have a box of Built Bars in the kitchen. Not only is this the best-tasting protein bar I've ever had, and I've tried a lot of them, it's the most healthy, and it fills me up while I'm busy or I'm on the go. With 18 amazing flavors, including new ones like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate and soft and easy to chew. They taste like a candy bar, but they're low-calorie and low-sugar, while also being high in protein and fiber, making them perfect for keto and other low-carb diets. Great for me. 
someone who you know vacillates between keto and low carb diets all the time, I can have this no matter what my eating pattern is. So go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, you'll get ten dollars off your next order plus a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Again, that's promo code locked on for ten dollars off at builtbar.com. So one of the names that comes up a lot when I'm doing mailbags or um, you know just hearing questions from listeners or readers, Derek Jones Jr., the Miami Heat forward, uh, is going to be a free agent this offseason. It seems like Warriors fans have this belief that he could be had at something close to the minimum. And I'm... Every time I read some of these free agent target lists, um, like blog posts and stuff like that, I mean, look, the Warriors aren't the only thing that like, you can look at. I think I saw one from the Bulls the other day. I'm looking you know, at, at blog posts about free agent targets for all sorts of different teams. And it seems like every team has Derrick Jones Jr. on that list. And so, look, I don't think he's much more than a minimum contract player. I think he's very good defensively, but he's a little, it's a little overstated how good he is. He, I think he was very much a product of Miami's scheme. They used him a lot in the zone, which accentuated his strengths and hid some of his weaknesses as far as um, his inability to switch on to bigger players. And I think that's a concern. And then offensively, he's not a great shooter, and he can't really handle or dribble or, very, or, or do very much other than you know get offensive putbacks and things like that. Uh, but there seems to... Uh, but again... A lot of teams could use a player who can anchor a zone the way that Derrick Jones Jr. did for Miami. And I think you're going to see a trend in the NBA after Miami blew open the playoffs in the Eastern Conference with its zone. I, I think you're going to see a lot, of, a lot more teams start to implement zone. And they're going to be looking at players who, can, who have practiced and know how to play the zone at the NBA level. And Derrick Jones Jr. would be a great sort of foundational piece for a team that wants to start implementing more zone. Uh and so I, I was starting to think that Derek Jones Jr. is going to get more than minimum. He's probably going to be worth about $5 million. It's probably going to take the mid-level exception or about $5 million to get him this, this summer. Or, I'm sorry, not this summer. This fall. This offseason. And so then Bobby Marks for ESPN wrote a piece uh, uh, this week kind of guesstimating what a lot of these players— and look, Bobby Marks is good. He's got league sources. It's not a guesstimation. I shouldn't have said that. But, you know— um, sort of reporting what, what the starting salary for some of these free agents are going to be. And with Derek Jones Jr., he reported about 4 or $5 million, sort of backing up what I've been thinking. I think Derek Jones Jr. would be a really great fit for the Warriors. I, I think it, he makes a lot of sense for what they need. Athleticism, size, length, all on the wing. Defensive-oriented. Getting Derek Jones Jr. in Golden State would improve the defense right away. But I don't think that they're going to be willing to use the mid-level exception on it, or should be. I think there's other options with the mid-level exception. If it comes down to it, maybe they do. But if I'm them, I'd rather go after a Danilo Gallinari or a Marcus Saul or Serge Ibaka. And look, all those players are going to, their starting salaries should be more than the mid-level exception. Although Bobby Marks did put Marcus Saul at like about $5 million, $6 million as well, which is right in line with what the mid-level exception would be. So maybe he's more of a, a realistic target than initially we thought. But... Uh, I do think that there's other way, other ways that the Warriors should go ahead and spend the mid-level instead of with Derrick Jones Jr. Not because I don't think Derrick Jones Jr. can help, but I just don't know that he's worth that much. I think there, I think whatever team signs him at that amount of money might end up being a little disappointed. 
because I he is just a limited player. And unless he just all of a sudden starts draining threes from the corner, which could happen, but unless he starts doing that, I don't see getting the return on investment for $5 million. And I really think that the Miami Heat kind of aced that one as far as having him for the minimum and being able to deploy him as a special, just sort of this, this specialized, you know, player. If you sign him at $5 million, you're going to need him to be more than a specialist. You're going to need him to be a rotation piece. And I just don't know that he is at the highest level uh, of NBA competition. That would be my issue with him. Again, unless he starts making threes, unless you could teach him to dribble in a straight line, I, I just don't really see it from him. So he might end up being out of the Warriors' price range with the mid-level exception. Uh, up next, I'll get to the fake trade of the day. This is Locked On Warriors. If you haven't done so already, now is a perfect time to hit that subscribe button to get episodes of Locked On Warriors every day. Our fake trade of the day. Um, I actually forgot who this came from and I couldn't track it down. So I'm sorry uh, if you're listening and I'm not giving you appropriate credit. I tried finding it, but I get so many of these that I just couldn't find it. But um, it's a trade with the Bulls. The Warriors trade back from number two to number four. And they also get... Chicago's 2025 first round pick and Thaddeus Young, who at $13.5 million could be absorbed into that Andre Iguodala trade exception. The Warriors will also part with their second round pick this year that they got from Dallas via the Willie Colley Stein trade. So again, the Bulls get the second round the second overall pick and a 2020 uh, second round pick in exchange for number four overall, a first round pick in 2025, and uh, Thaddeus Young. At first, uh, this looks like a pretty like this looks like a pretty decent trade for Golden State. You're moving back two spots and you're picking up what could be a rotation player in the process. The only problem I have with this, and obviously a, fir- a future first rounder, right? The only the only issue that I see having with this trade is just adding Thaddeus Young's salary to the current roster without getting rid of any salary at all, right? That thirteen and a half million dollars. This comes back to why the Warriors and how the Warriors would end up using that trade exception, that $17.2 million trade exception. We know that the Warriors will only use the trade exception for a certain player, for the right player, right? That's, this is what Bob Myers has said all along. It depends on the player. I don't know that Thaddeus Young moves the needle enough for Joe Lakeup to sign off on an even more expensive luxury tax bill just for Thaddeus Young. Now, 6'8", 230-ish, could play the four, can has some rim-protecting skills, really good rebounder, not a great shooter from three-point range, but could definitely hit it from the corners, but really doesn't do a whole lot much else. He's not going to create his own shot. He's not great at attacking closeouts. He's not a super versatile defender. He can kind of guard fours. He can body up with fives, but you don't really want him guarding opposing ball handlers or anything like that. Um... So he's one of these hustle guys, definitely a work hard player, but I don't think he lives up to that contract of $13.5 million, which is why I think Chicago would be willing to move off of him in the first place, maybe trying to move off of him. I don't know that that moves the needle enough for Golden State to go ahead and use that trade exception. Otherwise, I like this trade. I like the moving down two spots to get number four and a, and a distant first round pick, which is still going to be an asset for a Chicago team that's been bad basically since Jordan retired except for the Derrick Rose years. 
Um, I don't mind that. I think that's the right idea here. But I don't know that Thaddeus Young... I, I You might want to even, you know, take it down a notch, find a player with a, a smaller salary like a Tomas Sadoransky or something like that. I don't think Chris Dunn would be an option because he's restricted. He would It would require a sign-in trade. It would trigger the hard cap. The Warriors are not going to trigger that hard cap again two years in a row. It's just not an option for them. So... Um, I like where this is going. I just don't know that this is the exact trade that the Warriors would have if they move back with the Bulls from two to number four. Um, but thanks again, as always, to everybody who submits those fake trades. Keep sending them. Keep sending mailbag questions, as always. We're going to have a mailbag later in the week, so look out for that. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Lockdown Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, say nice things about the show. Thanks to Built Bars sponsoring today's show you can send your comments and questions to me on twitter at wc goldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at bayarea thanks for listening stay safe i'll see you here tomorrow morning